0: And so that's why we're doing this. We we, we sort of want to take the lid off curtailment reports to try and help explain what they are and what, maybe more importantly, what they're not. You know, how much can you rely on them? So it's a bit of a deep dive into, into a curtailment report. It's going to be valuable for anyone in a developer who's needing to make decisions on whether to progress a project or not. Hello
1: and welcome to the Connectology podcast. Here, Road Knight Taylor's influential team of elite connection specialists and their expert guests help you to better understand distribution and transmission network connections and how to acquire them faster, for less cost and at lower risk. Welcome to this episode of the Connectology Podcast. Today, we are specifically dealing with the, uh, the nutty little subject of understanding DNO curtailment reports. I'm joined by what I think the most appropriate connectologist for this. Topic. Philip Bale. Philip led the first project that included active network management and writing of the first cataract modeling tool at WPD. Also joined uh, by Pete Aston, who was head of system planning across all four license areas at WPD and was responsible for the rollout of active network management once it became business as usual. So hopefully, um, these two should have some really um, fantastic insight for you. The the reason we're we're doing this podcast is is essentially, we're trailing a webinar on understanding curtailment reports. So who should be listening to this within your organisation? Would it be you? Or is there someone else that you might be to send it to? Or industry colleagues? Friends and family, probably less likely, Um, why you should be uh, listening to it, um, what you will gain from it. It's a certain amount of scene setting. There'll be a a certain amount of learning in this um, short podcast, but really it's mainly scene setting so that we can do far less scene setting on, on the day and we'll have as many of the right people tuning in. Peter, seeing as it was your idea, you said I think we should do a webinar on this. My first question, who is this for or do any actually wanted to say explain what a what a curtailment report is? Pete, why don't you you
0: go? Okay. Thanks you. Maybe I'll lead on why why we're doing this and then maybe Philip can sort of give a give an overview of what curtailment report is. um so why we're doing it curtailment reports are really a part of active network management They're, they're part and parcel now of a great many offers that you will receive so um if you have a flexible offer um that's essentially an active network management offer you will get a curtailment report and so it's vital to understand what that means because it has a massive impact on the, the viability um, of a project. And so that's why we're doing this. We, we, we sort of want to take the lid off curtailment reports to try and help explain what they are and what, maybe more importantly, what they're not. You know, How much can you rely on them? So it's a bit of a deep dive into, into a curtailment report. It's going to be valuable for anyone in a developer who's needing to make decisions on whether to progress a project or not. Um, because this has such a massive impact on it. So this could be developers' day-to-day work who are who are looking at these sorts of schemes, project managing them. It could be up to finance directors and that sort of thing needing to make big financial investment decisions on projects. So I, I think there's a range of people who might be interested to understand a little bit more about Cattelm reports.
1: So, so for those within developers themselves um, or investors, so people who are either um, developing projects or acquiring them, yeah, investment absolutely. committees, investment directors, development directors, and the like. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, what is it, Philip?
2: The retirement reports are a snapshot based on what the DNO perceives to be a version of a and risk. And we say that carefully being that not all DNOs produce this snapshot. So some DNOs, you get an active network management scheme, you get no curtailment report whatsoever. And for others, they will produce a report set on a base set of assumptions. And we will see many developers make decisions based on these reports, often without really understanding the assumptions behind them. One of the key factors is the assumptions that are used in these curtailment reports are almost certainly wrong. The reports tend to be using historical demand Laying future profiles under certain network running assessments, AM setting assessments, to produce a list of what the DNO then provides to the customer as being risk of being turned off from the scheme
1: under normal running. Cool, thank you. Um, it just just worth um, mentioning that Pete has written some really good explainers on active network management um, and, and different categories of active network management. So we will put links to those in the description. So if you're listening to this thinking what on earth is active network management, then you probably frankly tuned into the wrong programme. But, but anyway, there, there'll be some explainers um, in the links there. So um, Philip, thank you very much for that. So on the webinar... What are you expecting to be able to talk about that you're not on a podcast? Now, I know that there's going to be some screen sharing
0: with some redacted curtailment reports and that kind of thing. But
1: what 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 do you hope what to, be we want to be able to, to get across? To get across? Is,
0: is just looking at some of these curtailment reports and just going from what a client will see when they get this report. Um, and then starting to dig into that and, and and looking at the different sections of the curtailment report and going, this is what this is trying to say here, here, and here. And then going, now let's dig down deep and, and try and understand if you change the assumptions here and here and here, um, these are the sorts of effects that you could see. And just trying to do it in a, in a way that clients will sort of try and understand as if they were going through the process of receiving an offer and then trying to go through the process of, of understanding um, those assumptions and some of the risks. So yeah, I think we're going to be able to see see on the screen um, some of that information and data that you're going to get from uh, a DNA.
2: I think the other things that we'll also go cover on the webinar is some of the significant things that can make an offer much better in the future, short, medium, long term. And also some of the other things that we often see developers miss that can make a scheme look significantly worse. So then try and focus on why it's not always the right thing, just to look at a specific number and say, this number is too high to then understand over the lifetime of the project, what are the risks and options and opportunities where a scheme could improve and decrease? What things you should be looking at alongside the Katama report? and also trying to better understand the assumptions and the questions people should be asking to the DNOs around their AM schemes to better understand the report and then potentially, where needed, where people might want to do other individual katama reports outside of the DNO report, what sorts of things should they be looking at, what sort of things should they be understanding and be prepared to have a view on which will then help them to understand their curtailment risk and potential viability of the scheme.
1: There is a kind of interaction between curtailment and outage risk, and hopefully you'll be covering that in, in quite some detail in, in the webinar. But just very briefly, and I think, Philip, you're probably the best to... Sorry, sorry, Pete, don't offend you. Um, <laughs> Philip, if you want to just quickly talk on that.
2: Very often people will either base the curtailment reports on normal running or a set abnormal running scenario. And networks very rarely run normally. They're nearly always running abnormally at some place in some location. And understanding the risks of schemes being turned off during the abnormal running means that you need to consider both. So understanding what is your curtailment risk under normal running? What is your abnormal or outage risk? If A&M could help reduce that abnormal or outage risk running scenario and ultimately to consider how the project will work. And, and I think there are some in the future.
0: interesting points there as well, that um, there are some things that A&M can't solve. So for example, if the circuit you're connecting to is turned off, you know, a A&M isn't going to help you, you're, you're just off. So you do have this combination of certain events on the network will just turn you off. And then there are certain wider events on the network that don't turn your immediate circuit you're connected to off, but you'll end up getting curtailment as a result of and and you know that's when you get the sort of abnormal versus normal running arrangement that Philip was just talking about. And so so those two things combined can can have a have a major impact that's that's greater than just the the impact of the a m curtailment great. and And so uh, on the webinar. Everyone's going to come out of this with a
1: good understanding of of that kind of that interaction, and when you're looking at that curtailment report, what it what it does and yeah, doesn't. Yeah, and cover and is,
0: there was, was just one reform, thing I was going to I mention guess. on on that that like I've I've seen a few few offers recently where there have been constraints identified in the offer. So, for example, during an outage of you know this bus bar or this transformer, you're going to be switched off. Even though that particular connection has been offered an A and M connection, and so one of the things there is going back and challenging the DNA and going well, if you're on an A and M connection, which is going to be you know automatically ramping the output of this site up and down, why do you have to be constrained off, you know, totally off for for a particular outage? So so there, there's those sorts of interaction overlaps between constraints and a uh, A and M and curtailment that can really be pushed and explored.
1: If you're liking this podcast so far, you may want to pop over to the Connectology page on Rode Knight-Taylor's website and sign up to the Connectology newsletter for much more know-how, insight and thought leadership in electricity network connections. The link to this is in the description. Don't miss out on any of the articles, explainers, videos, webinars and podcasts that Rode Knight-Taylor's Connectologists share to give you an edge and help you overcome your grid frustrations.
2: And I think occasionally for some of our customer schemes, we will ask questions, which is, is AM appropriate in this location? Should an intertrip be used instead? Because actually there is a chance that that would significantly reduce the curtailment risk or the lost yield from a scheme as a result of both abnormal running and curtailment. Um, and I think that's also something I'm hoping that people will have a better understanding of which are the scenarios where potentially people should Go back to the dno discuss with the dno to say which scenario am i being curtailed under is a m the most appropriate solution to resolve this technical restriction
1: okay so one of the reasons for for having the webinar is because actually there is so much variation still between the approaches to curtailment modeling you can hear bob bark in the background there. Um, to, the approaches to curtailment modelling across the DNOs, and hopefully that's something that's going to come out in the webinar, so people will understand sort of the the, the kind of the varying strength of weaknesses of the you know the data or whatever it might be. But also, uh, I think we would probably encourage those within network operators um, who do produce these reports to to maybe jump on this webinar. W- what insight uh, might maybe a couple of things they get.
0: One is. To see this from a client perspective. So, you know, th- this webinar that we'll be doing is for clients, it's not for the DNOs. So, but I think it'd be interesting for the DNOs to go, ah, oh, this 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 is the sorts of things that customers will be interested in or concerned about. I think the other thing is for DNOs to understand what other DNOs are offering uh, and some of the strengths and weaknesses of the different approaches. So, you know, none of the none of the DNOs does it perfectly. Um, so I think it's useful for all of the DNOs to get a sense of what what each other's doing. Um, uh, and for some of those DNOs that are sort of further behind in terms of their A&M offerings to actually just sort of as a bit of a learning point to see what's been done uh, and to, to help uh, inform their own development.
2: In the past, we've spotted either issues or errors or assumptions that are broadly off um, and being able to go back and feed that back to the DNOs because ultimately it's in the interest for customers to have the best information they can possible. How customers use the information that's in there to consider how their A&M reports will be reflective of the A&M operation itself and the decisions that are being made in the design of A&M schemes, decisions on speed, how these things are working and operating, what that will actually mean for customers, And ultimately, if they're making future changes, will customers' risk increase or decrease? And obviously, our aim is that DNOs should be as transparent as possible, where they know things are existing that will impact the risk to that customer, whether positively or negatively.
0: And And, and there are some really fascinating, meaty topics for, for the DNOs to get stuck into, um which which is probably a bit beyond the scope of what we can address on the webinar, but I think m- might might end up just touching on some of these things like um how does the Am scheme operate for example, does it do pre or post fault curtailment and and maybe I'll just you know send that out there as a bit of a a, a hook for, to get you into see if we can explain it on the webinar but that that has a massive impact on how what the curtailment would be. Uh, but but that also has a massive impact on things like short-term ratings of, of assets, because if you're not curtailing customers until after a fault's happened, you're almost inevitably overloading assets. So, you know, what is the short-term overload capability of an overhead line, an underground cable, a transformer? And like Philip was just saying, how quickly can th- these a m systems operate? So, you know, how quickly do they get the signal out? How quickly can customers then respond um, or how quickly must customers respond in order to comply with the requirements and so on? And, you know, all, all these things are really big questions that DNOs um, have to decide upon uh, to to keep networks secure, but also it has a massive impact on clients as well. Cool. Just a little note on the way that we are running the
1: webinar. So our webinars are normally Fully interactive from the from the get go all the way through, and we get loads and loads of questions. It's another reason actually why I think it'd be good having some from Dnos there because we're going to have so many connections, customers on that will have so much to say and questions to ask, um, and and that and that'll be really good. Even though there is going to be screen sharing of some curtailment reports, obviously heavily redacted. Um, it's it's important to me that this one is going to be from the get go as usual completely interactive so do come along um with your questions obviously you know, people need to be a bit careful about being um completely specific about projects um but you know it would be really good to to have all of your questions um and answer them and hopefully have a number of um network operator representatives um on there as well so that they can they can get your kind of thoughts and and feedback so it should be really good so you two unless either of you got something really pressing that um you haven't said yet um then i'm going to thank you both very much and then you can say thank you to the you for audience for their time
2: yep thank you all for listening and we look forward to seeing you on the webinar
1: cool thank you very much guys and uh, all of you out there uh, see you on the webinar and your colleagues and friends and family. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connectology Podcast. If you found it helpful, please share it with any of your colleagues or connections you think may be interested. And please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content. You can find out more about our services at roadnighttaylor.co.uk, link in the description, where you can also sign up to our free Connectology newsletter for more news and thought leadership in network connections. If during this podcast you found yourself wondering what it would be like to have a Roadnight Taylor Connectologist in your life, please do email laura at roadnighttaylor.co.uk to find out how their game-changing skills and insight can change the game for you too.